Hey guys, welcome to the Up and Down Show. With Daniel and, and Upenda. <laughs> we said it differently this time. We did say it. Welcome back, Upenda. Welcome back, Daniel. How are you? I am good. I'm really, really good. I'm still full. We had a, a delicious dinner last night at a new restaurant here in Lake Worth. Yeah. And that was fantastic. I completely broke my uh, my plant-based eating last night. I but just it said, was worth it, right? Oh my God, was it worth it? It was amazing. Brand new restaurant that's located on the beach in Lake Worth. It's called Viva La Playa. I think it's maybe a month old and the food was amazing. Wonderful. If you go online and you actually look at it, the um, I don't think the menu descriptions do it justice. I don't think I, so either. I was reading it and some of the things I didn't really understand what we might be getting, but when it came out, it was beautiful. It was perfectly cooked uh the settings nice it was it was really 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 a uh, wonderful experience oh my god the the actual restaurant the vibe of it is exactly what lake worth beach needs right yes. now so yeah. we are back and we're so excited to be here with you today now as you can see that daniel and i are wearing these beautiful t-shirts yes black lives matter y'all black lives matter black lives matter <laughs> oh wow that's the first time you've ever sang for me yes <laughs> that was but good I, but i definitely want to give a shout out to modernizing medicine mm -hmm. my neighbor david actually is an employee of this amazing organization that had decided to do something internally with bringing diversity, equity, and inclusion to their organization. And so this came out of that process and they raised $6,000 to help support their internal efforts. So that's pretty dang yes. cool. That's dang. So we're modeling the Black Lives Matters. I, I love this. I am going to be wearing this. Don't get beat up out in public because you know when people wear Black Lives Matter, people want to beat you up. Yeah, I think that people uh, are attacking the white people wearing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll be okay, but bring it on. Bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a conversation because you know what? Black lives do matter. So so let's talk a little bit about what that means to both you and I personally. Well, and, and I just want to explain to those because we have been talking a lot about um, race relations in this country um, since we started the show. It just happened that we started the Up and Down show and everything kind of combusted in our world. Yes. And so it was very it was very logical that we would be talking about that. But something that I don't think we've spent a lot of time on is talking about our personal experience with race. Yes, yes. I mean, we talked about it from, you know, very small viewpoints in our history, but not so much what it means to us personally and the experiences, the real intentional experiences that we have had around race. Absolutely. And there, you know, have been some feedback that I've gotten from this show um, as people have listened to it. Um, I think people are enjoying it, but yes. then there are certain, sometimes we make comments, both of us, that maybe are um, either confusing or even polarizing to f people. I've had someone actually um, say that, you know, your your stance on race and your, your pride around race um, is borderline racist, right? Because you're so, so proud. You, when we talk about um, dating within our race or dating outside our race, and I, I think it's interesting to, um, to see that people, because I know you and I know your love for all people. Yes, I love all people. And yet there's such pride in your racial identity. Yes. And then there's my racial identity that um, I, I'm always very clear that I am a product of both a black father and a white mother. And since I was a child, I have always 
honored that yes. um, versus my siblings who sometimes when you ask them their race, they will say they're black. Yes. And I was talking to my white grandmother. Um, just Hey, grandma. Hey, grandma. Happy birthday, <laughs> by the way. You just celebrated your 86th birthday yesterday. 86? You look a day over 68. Oh. <laughs> so, but I was talking to grandma and um, she you know, she got teary-eyed, not teary-eyed. She was crying because she says it's confusing for her, you know, as are even frustrating and sad for her um, because where is her representation when we, her, her grandchildren talk about their race, right? Yes. And she is, has been woke. I was having a wonderful conversation with her about being woke since the 60s. Yes. And that she has always, she was, even my great-grandfather raising her to love all people. Yes. Um, so I, I think the idea of our own experience with race is is really important. So we're going to talk about that today. Yes, we are going to talk about that. And I, I think, you know, one of the things in our relationship over the years, you know, I I think it, it border on harassment, but it really was done in love when mm. I always talk to you about, okay, where's your blackness? Now you want to talk about your blackness? Remember when you did that, that, that <laughs> TV, um, not even, it was a, it was a, news, a, new, a news segment. Uh, yeah, a news interview. And, and I was proud and I was happy for you. But, you know, again, we have our own individual experience. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You got, if you're going to tell a story, you got to tell what? the story. The story was I was featured. It was beautiful. I was like a five minute feature, um, which it, it was a long feature for, for the local news. And it was Black History Month. And they came to my office and they wanted to interview me as a leader at the organization I was at as a black leader in the community. Uh, Okay, stop right there. So <laughs> I'm going to stop right there because it is, you're right. I should have told the whole story. So one morning I'm getting dressed for work and I will always watch the news while I was getting dressed. And all of a sudden I see my good friend, Daniel. Hello. <laughs> my good friend, Daniel is talking about a big mom. I was like, and granddaddy, big mama and granddaddy. And I'm like, we ain't got a big mama, not Daniel. <laughs> and but she called anyway. me, she said, when's this, when's this when you got a big mama? <laughs> but I thought, you know, at that moment, because it was Black History Month, it was appropriate for me to lead with my blackness. Yes. Right? Um, as a leader of color in the community. Um, but yeah, so that, that was pr pretty funny that you used to bust my chops. And you're not the only one. My, yes. my family, my entire life has told me you're not black enough. Yes. Right? I've heard that my entire life. And again, what does that mean? Especially when, for me, you know, growing up, and I, I we did not grow up with a lot of money, but my mom made sure she took care of us the best way that she knew how after my parents divorced. And so she did afford us, all of us, all the children, opportunities to engage outside of our race. Mm. So I was doing a lot of things that my um, black counterparts did not get that opportunity to do. Um, and then that kind of is a backlash with, oh, you're, you're trying to not to be black or mm. you, you, you think you, you're white. But so, and so that's I didn't even know that was your experience. So as we it's, it's it's really sad, right? So sometimes when when people of color, black young boys and girls um, promote themselves through education and they try to apply themselves to be competitive in in, in the work market, education yes. market, yes. that it sometimes is seen as a as an, a face to to the, our community, our community. Yes. And, and uh, again, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you get older. So mm. me going through the experiences that was afforded to me because my mom worked hard. She she worked three jobs to ensure that we were not on some type of benefit that we 
we had the basics of all needs and potential opportunities that would help excel us in our, you know, our life. So I remember going to science camp. Wow. So you guys, you, you were able to extend all that. So let's jump to today then, okay. because you are someone that when I think about your connection to your race, you are someone who is extremely proud to be a black woman. Oh, do you know what it feels <laughs> like to be a black woman? I, I, I do actually. I've done drag once. <laughs> And it wasn't pretty. So. <laughs> no, you were not a pretty drag queen. So I did okay? for a day. I knew what it was like. You were like. an ugly black woman, okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I don't ever want to be anybody other than me. I love me. I'm at a point in my existence as a 48-year-old African-American woman who absolutely love who I am at this moment in time. So what do you say then to someone who says they're confused by your having self-love to your sort of promoting your blackness in a way that feels uncomfortable to non-black people? And maybe I, I think even on the show, you've made a couple times you say it's a big deal. I dated outside my race. Right. And, and then people think, oh, if a white person were to say that we would beat them up if they said, oh, I rated it. Wait, it was a big deal. I dated outside my race as a white person. But I think it goes back to a conversation. Like if someone is offended by me owning my my pride for myself and my race, that is really not my issue. Okay. That actually is the other person's issue because I can sit and have a conversation with anybody about how they love themselves. If they want to connect that to them being Jewish and or Italian American and or Scottish American, I can have that conversation with that person just like I would want them to have a conversation with me about being an African American woman. You know, mm. so if you're having issues because I'm loving on myself or that I'm wearing something like a Black Lives Matter T-shirt or Black Girl Magic. I'm not saying nobody else doesn't have magic. I'm just talking about me as a black woman. And, and I absolutely get that. What do you think, though, when you when if a white person says I only date white people, is that the same thing as a black person saying I only date black people? Yes. Is it the same? And if a black if a black person says in I'm my, in my opinion. in your opinion, right? And then in, if a black person says I am so proud to be black, pro black, how is that any different than a white person having white pride and then border going down that line of white supremacy? So I think that when I Okay, so to answer your question, because that's a really deep question, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't get into how people think about their pro whiteness. What I can say if if I'm in front of someone who says I'm pro-white. Okay, let's talk about what that means for you and your world. Mm -hmm. And if there, if your pro-whiteness means that I have to be diminished, then that's a problem. Okay. Because my pro-blackness is not trying to diminish your pro-whiteness. Okay. And I'm very open to having that type of conversation with anybody. And I think that's what's been missing is that in the current conversation, when you look at the white nationalism movement that's happening right yeah. now in our country, which is scary, it's, it's really scary. It's scary because they are saying that they are up and above any right. other race. So it's about um, this perceived positioning of yourself in society and, and about power. Right. And so you having your internal black pride doesn't mean that you're diminishing other individuals, races, or classes. No, absolutely. And and so my, I'm going to throw the same question back to you. When you are around people who say they're pro-white, how does, how do you go about that? Having that conversation, Daniel, asking you the same question you asked Yeah, I, I actually, I don't think you hear that that much because I think people are afraid to say it. I think, and also maybe it's that, um, 
people don't, there's not the need to say it, right? I think the reason we profess our pride in being people of color is because there is a, a presumption that we aren't successful, we're not smart, we're not capable, or that we're not as attractive, or that we're not as anything, like fill in the blank, right? And so our profession of being proud to be black, right. proud to be biracial is saying, hey, you know, I had someone once ask me what I was. <laughs> and, and what I get are that. you, I, Daniel? And, and, I, and I always, I, there's a long story there I won't get into, but I, clearly he was talking about my race. And I said, um, well, I, I'm black and Italian. And he says, you're black? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm black. And he goes, I didn't know you were black. Oh, but that's okay. Oh, oh my God, it's okay that I'm black? <laughs> he said it to me. And he said, that's okay. And I said, oh, yeah, it is okay. In fact, I, I think it's cool. I think it's good. He goes, no, you're you're beautiful. Oh, so so like, so, was, our, so in his mind, you you represent a, mi a minority of blacks because you're beautiful? Not, well, the fact that he didn't see me as someone black, he thought I was maybe Latino or something like that, that when he heard black, it was like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have thought that. Like, well, but that's okay. Don't, you shouldn't. Yeah. And I think he even said, you should, well, don't be embarrassed by that. Yeah, it's it, interesting. It, it shocked me. And so I think that's why we say Black Lives Matter. That's why we say Black Pride. And I don't think white people say white pride. But as a biracial individual who loves my grandmother, who loves my mother. We love you, Grandma. Who loves the white, we love um, you, Rhonda. The white individuals in my family. It is it is um it's impossible for me to to not honor that part of me yes right well and and i think that you know as long as i've known you definitely you took pride in who you are and of course you know being who you are having those opportunities that you have there was a natural alignment with one part of yourself and now that you've come full circle because i I'm, I, I guess yes. we're going to talk a little bit more about you know you come in to really really own your blackness the last couple of years yeah. um but right. but i'm having having said that i think that for you it may be very easy for you to have that conversation about your your white pride pride yeah. versus uh, uh, just someone who's not biracial and, and really it's not white pride it's i i am proud biracial like okay. i own okay. both at the same time at the same day but there was a shift that happened because of what's going on in this country right now that i would like to talk about on um, when we come back from absolutely uh, from this break. absolutely so we're gonna um take a break this has been really interesting i didn't know we were gonna go down this hole this way but we're down this well it's not a hole it's a path we're, we're trying to get to uh part a of the labyrinth. conversation we're going down a <laughs> labyrinth we don't know where we're gonna end up but we'll be back and we'll let you see absolutely stay tuned hey daniel hey upenda how are you today i'm doing great but you know what upenda we need sponsors for this show absolutely especially during this time where you're hearing our voices right now this could be you it could be them but it's not but it could be them. You can sell your product, your business, or your service. Or any dang thing else you'd like to sell. But first, you got to contact us. How can they get in touch with us, They Yupenda? can contact us at theupanddownshow at gmail.com. Is that all one word, you um, Oh Yes, it's one word. Theupanddownshow at gmail.com. So if you have a product, a business, or service, or any damn thing else you want to share with our audience, <laughs> please contact us at where? The up and down show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. So, 
Daniel, um, tell me about what has happened specifically during this pandemic for you when we talk about, you know, our responsibility with regards to our race. Yeah, you know, it was... And I, I've, I've talked about this and I've actually written an article recently um, for my college um, singing group that I used to be in at Yale. And um, they, wait, so wait a minute. You can't just 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 kind of go. What is the name of the singing group? The singing group. <laughs> it's a funny it's name. It's called the Spizwings. <laughs> to get you on that i had to get get you on that because That's you're right. gonna just like go over that no we we need to know what's the name of this singing group oh at Yale. Okay. it's yes. called what the, the spiz winks okay <laughs> so yeah so i used to sing with the spiz winks they asked me to write an article about just a personal memory i had as a person of color uh at Yale in the 90s and um i ended up writing what was going to be just a couple paragraphs and it turned into this three-page essay about my personal experience experience. And something that I shared in that was, it wasn't until the George Floyd situation that I finally got why sometimes it's important for me to identify my blackness up front. Uh, because I personally, um, through my evolution as a man in this country, really held on to my gayness. Okay, so talk a little bit more about that. And, you know, it was in the 90s. It, it, it was terrifying to be gay. Yes. AIDS was a, a big social situation. And there was this sense that I kind of was, my birthright was to actually become HIV positive and die. And so there was this stress associated with that. And then I go away to college and I start to have your my sexual awakening. And so the fact that I was gay was something that I embraced. Yeah. I found people that would love me because of it at school. And it was by the time I graduated from Yale, I had gone through this sort of journey and epiphany of love and respect and pride connected to my sexuality that went on for the next 15, 20 years. And and I will add, when I met you, you were working for a gay and lesbian community organization. So that even speaks to you are truly owning that part of yourself because you're providing service to that community. Absolutely. And it wasn't that I would allow racism to happen around me, but boy, would I not allow homophobia, right? I was talking about things that were gay related. I was out there doing education, sensitivity trainings. Um, it was I wasn't denying my blackness, but I never educated or talked about it. And so it, it became painfully clear to me that throughout my entire college year and even professional year um, experiences, I never really focused on race until my current role with, at our employer, and I work in a, a city, our neighborhood called Overtown, a historic yes. black community. And it was my work in that community that I started four years ago that made me finally see some of the, the hardships of being in a black community. Yes. Even with black leaders not listening to black residents. And yes. it broke my heart. And I called our boss and I was crying one night because of this. <laughs> you know, we, crying? We, it's so funny. <laughs> we both have had episodes where we, we've called our boss to cry. She's like, oh my God, here they go again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was me sitting in a room watching black residents trying to have a, a, an effective voice in a room and them just being shut down. And I thought, you know, they wouldn't be spoken to like that if they were in another community. Yeah. And so it started my journey. And and then when George Floyd happened, I remember being devastated because I and I post something online yes. about I finally realized when I walk out of this room, regardless of my pride of being biracial, I am a black man to that stranger. Yes, I am a black man to that officer. And it finally it took me 47 years to have that epiphany. Yeah. 
And I walked out of that with a newfound um, commitment to be proud of being a product of a black father and a black family, a beautiful black family who every single one of the 16 children my grandparents had graduated from high school and they grew up on a plantation in Mississippi. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go back to we, we a couple of weeks ago in our staff meeting, we were supposed to share, we shared something that was dear to us and something that just, I didn't even know that. I think I know everything about you, but clearly mm. I don't. Um, but Daniel actually shared his grandfather's shoes that he has with him. Yeah. And I thought that was such a tribute to his, not only grandfather, but his legacy and history. Like you, you're walking the destiny that your grandfather couldn't walk. Yeah. So, I mean that I, I almost became emotional. I try not to be emotional y'all because y'all know it messes (laughs) up a girl's eye makeup, but I just was like, wow, that is just so powerful. Yeah. And, and so finding that pride to be equal with my gay pride um, is something that I'm now working on yeah. and I'm getting emotional. So let's change the subject slightly. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about what, when we talk about, you know, race, you know, we, we, we actually had a mini conversation about this whole Adele. If you have been watching the news the last couple of weeks, whether or not Adele the singer um, actually um, uh, culturally appropriated um, Jamaica, uh, the idea of the culture of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And we, we started talking about that. And we was like, well, what do you think about that? Yeah. So what do you think about that? <laughs> did you see the picture, by the way? I did see the picture of her. Well, and first of all, it's the new Adele. So it's the slim down purdy. Oh, she was always beautiful. She was uh, always uh, beautiful. Oh, yes, she, she was. was always be- In she, fact, she was gorgeous. She as was, a larger woman. She was, she actually, I'm going to say this and Ooh, do not scream at me, here people. Here we go, here we go. But she reminds me of like, she's like the Jill Scott, but for white people. I think Jill Scott is so beautiful. And when Adele was at her largest, largest. She was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Just like Jill Scott. Like Jill Scott, to me, I love everything about the woman that Jill is and Adele reminded me yes. of that. But, so, but uh, now she's in her skinny yes. self and she was attending a um, Jamaican festival and she was all in that carnival. Jamaican garb carnival, yeah, a carnival. She had all the different colors and her wraps and all. And my feeling about that is give the woman a break. Yeah, but she was attending a festival. I don't think that she was appropriating. I don't think she was trying to claim this as her own because that's the definition of appropriation. Oh, absolutely. The definition of appropriation is when a, a, a majority class is taking something from a disadvantaged or oppressed class for their own. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. It's like basically appropriate. I'm taking something and using it for my, my own individual gain. So I'll give you an example most recently that I thought was the worst cultural appropriation that happened was the House of Representatives on Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. They all wore African scarves. (laughs) That is cultural appropriation. (laughs) Okay, so we said we were going to come up with examples and we didn't share what the examples... That was such a ridiculous picture when they did that. I agree with you 100%. That is appropriation. That is appropriation. And, And so you're like... 
that's when you want to come down. You come down on the House of Representatives. I mean, when um, Nancy Pelosi was on her dang knees with the scarf, <laughs> I'm like, really? So that's cultural appropriation. Now, when I think about cultural appreciation, I, I do believe appreciation. appreciation. Just make sure you understand that. So we went from appropriation to, to appreciation. appreciation. So I let me in my mind, and another example of an appreciation, because I think Adele was appreciating that she was in a Jamaican festival. She was appreciating and she wasn't doing this outside of the the festival. Right. What is she going to wear? Her pearls? She's going <laughs> to wear her gown and her pearls so that was an to a Jamaican festival? And something that I learned as I was sort of reading about what, what was this appropriation or appreciation, she grew up in a very diverse, very large Jamaican community in England, yes. in London. And that and this is a festival that she goes to all the time. It wasn't like because Jamaica is, is cool, all of a sudden she ran over there with her hair wrapped Right. Up. I mean, she appreciated to, to be part of a festival. She wanted to engage as much as she understood how to engage. So that's the difference with appropriation and appreciation. Another example I would give with appreciation, years ago when Prince Harry was in the British Armed Services, he actually was always in Africa and always going to the villages in Africa. And if you ever followed him, and I did follow him because I I mean, I wish I could be Megan. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. But he actually engaged with the villagers. Always he would partake in eating with them. He would partake in dancing with them. That's appreciation. Yes. He did not take that back to England and then did the whole thing without them. Yes. There, That's there, the difference. There was a, um, there's footage that we have of some of our sisters who are connected to our organization. They went to Africa. Oh, yeah. Mozambique. And they went to Mozambique. And there is some beautiful footage of the sisters dancing with some of the village folk. And it, it, it just touches your heart because you know that it is not a photo op. It is not an, uh, a, a way for them to draw more likes on some social media page, right? This is something that is near and dear to our mission as an organization. Um, so and part of that, they understood that particular village they were in and they knew that this was a custom and they they willingly listened, understood it, and participated. So you mentioned when we were talking about this the other day, um, braids. You, you talked about mm -hmm. uh, when <laughs> white women get the... What kind of braids did you say? Uh, just... Uh, the uh, so when 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 they 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 basically get their hair laced and braided, um, and that perhaps that is appropriation. Well, I, I I wouldn't say it's appropriation. It just depends. So I, appropriation is someone like Kim Kardashian who wears braids. That's really for her own individual look to say that she is being you know a, a visionary with a particular look. That's appropriation. That I don't, is a pro so that's a negative. You, I, I do think it's a negative because okay. it's not done in conjunction or in partnership with the the African American experience. So is Justin Timberlake singing R and B appropriation or appreciation? I think it's appreciation. What's the difference then? You know, in my mind, is when you understand the culture, and if you have followed Justin. He talks about growing up on certain records and being exposed. So he has an understanding. And when he does go into the studio, he's oftentimes with African-Americans helping okay. to make his music. I, I like that. So it's about experience. It's about history. It's about connection to, you know, you don't find out that you, although, so what about this? I go to um, Oktoberfest in Germany and I wear the hell out of those lederhosen. I yes, love you do. But, but the but, one thing I know about you, Daniel, because you have 
have some beautiful leader hosens <laughs> um, and you look amazing in them. But you also do your research about that festival. You're just not going just because you want to. I mean, you probably do just want to wear it. I think. But, oh, I think men are so hot. <laughs> in a, you put on a pair of lederhosen, it ups your your hot quotient like by ten. I don't know how many the quotient is, but hot, hot. I don't think because you're participating in the festival, you're not doing this outside of that particular culture. Okay. That's that's my um, in my opinion, I think that you know distinguishes appropriation and appreciation. All right, I can appreciate that oh yeah i mean that's that's how i think what about you do you have examples that you can think of that is appreciation versus appropriation well not as good as yours you I just, know I, you took me back with the nancy pelosi on that, was knees. Hilarious. that was when i saw that image every person of color who saw it went oh jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> please that please is so, that is so true everybody who saw that that picture is like you got to be kidding me. You knew they that have, their heart was in the right place. Right? <laughs> they didn't have not one black aide in the House of Representatives to say, don't, don't do, do that. This. Not, not, not a good look. Not a good look. So, you know, I, I don't have an example. I, I think we've sort of made the point, but I, I do think that what's interesting to me is that it is, it's kind of like that one congressman years ago who was talking about pornography. And he says that, you know, you know, I can't describe what pornography is, but you know it when you see it, right? So a Maplethorpe photo of someone's beautiful body isn't necessarily pornography. It's sort of the human body. Now, I think actually the person saying that um, was on the other side of the, the Maplethorpe argument. <laughs> but, but so as we talk about this, I realized that this idea of appropriation and appreciation can be individualized. I think some people can have a disagreement. Um, I wish I could think of something. I, I was wondering with the Justin Timberlake, what you thought about something like that. Yeah, you know? I think, and it goes like Adele, when, you know, she has very soulful music, you know, no one has said that she appropriated black music because again, she, like you said, she grew up in a very diverse community. And you know, someone that I would think of, and, and this is going to, ooh, the gay men are going to come for me on this ooh, one. Come for him, ooh, come for him. Is um, Christina Aguilera. I love Christina yes. and she has one of the best voices in the world. Yes. But every once in a while, she will sit, hit a lick and she will go when she tries to sing um, Aretha Franklin. It is so not her natural voice. And it's like, girl, just sing it the way you would sing it. And, I, and whether it's appropriation or not, ooh, oh my goodness. I don't think it's appropriation. I think that when you have people like Christina Aguilera or any other entertainer who is probably singing a song of their idol. They want to do the best justice possible for that song. And they may go beyond themselves. They forget about themselves representing a adulation of, of, of that. I'm going to even say there was, um, and we're, we're coming up on time, but Christina Aguilera had a Latin album that just didn't sound right at all because she has Latin background, but it was clear that she didn't grow up listening to Latin music. And if I'm wrong, Christina, call me personally and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Please call him personally. But, you know, versus someone like Linda Ronstadt, who actually was, um, had Mexican heritage, which I never knew. And when she sang her, her Latin albums, which were amazing, it was because she had a personal connection. I learned that she used to sing with her father when she was a child mm -hmm. in Spanish. It was what she did way before we ever knew her name. So she wasn't appropriating. She she, she was actually honoring. She was appreciating her heritage. Whereas you, well, what I hear you say about Christina and her Latin album is that it really wasn't of her experience. She just did it to maybe, maybe to so give I'm a Latina. shout out. I'm a shout was, out yes. to my, to my Latina culture or, or hit, um, legacy or 
Yes, there yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah, so we're coming up on break. Um, so we'll be back. This is fun. I, who knew that talking about race could be fun? People don't talk about race because they think it's scary. Easy as <laughs> We'll, we'll be, be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Upenda from the Up and Down Show. If you're listening to my voice, guess what? This could be you. Well, not you, but your business, your product, your service. We would love to share with our audience all that you have to offer. So here's your opportunity to sponsor the Up and Down Show. Please contact us at the Up and Down Show, all one word at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. So Daniel. Yes. <laughs> so we were talking about the idea that people don't talk about race, mm-hmm. right? And, and that well, people it's are not, afraid. It's much fun. Right. Well, and right. And so why is that? Why are people so afraid to pose the questions that, you know, I, and actually we, we threw each other today on purpose. We didn't tell exactly the questions and things we were going to talk yes. about. Well, that's, I think that's what makes it so good to watch us because we don't know what we're going <laughs> to say. You don't know what we're going to say. Yes. But, but I think with this topic in particular, people are so careful careful when they talk about race because they don't want to offend they don't want to say the wrong thing and yet we disagree all the time all the time one thing we disagree about often and let's be honest here go there you finna go yes ma'am i'm about to go there is um the fact that i personally typically (laughs) i I date white men well that's your preference oh oh, don't you dare on camera all of a sudden try to understand this because how (laughs) <laughs> that is it's some preference. bull crap. No, you have a preference. <laughs> you ain't getting away that easy, sister. Daniel, you have a preference. How dare you say I'm getting away with something? So one thing that you challenge me a lot is why don't you date within your race, Daniel? Why don't you try dating a black man? I do. You, you've, how that. many times have you said that to me? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> this week. Uh, and so it is something. And, you know, honestly, through my awakening in the last few years, I have been more um, critical or aware of my my um, uh, uh, preference. proclivity, preference of dating um, white men. I think for me, it um, has to do with where I went to school. It has to do with my the way I not that I was raised, because I, I think all of my other siblings definitely um, have dated black men and women. Um, uh, so it, it's interesting. I think it's the well, way you, I grew up. Yeah. And I, well, that's, I think that's key. I think that's what you've been exposed to naturally is where you land on for your likes for much of everything that you do in your own world. So and there are some fine white men, but there also <laughs> are beautiful black men. And so the fact that I don't date black men per se doesn't mean that I don't find black men uh, attractive. In fact, I just recently uh, went on and real date you, Penda. I know. I went on a real date with a, uh, a Cuban American um, individual who is so handsome. And, and he, I, I say he's Cuban American, but he's, he's, he's about my skin color and so smart. And, and so fun. And we had a wonderful date. Um, and I, I was really excited about that because not because he was a person of color, but just it was a wonderful date. And as I was in the middle of it, I thought, huh, Yupenda probably would love to even see a picture of this because it's of not course. <laughs> because it's not that I don't date within my race. It just happens to be what I tend to be attracted and, to. And that's OK. Again, it's based on what we've been exposed to. Like, you know, 
I do believe if you were not exposed the way you were been exposed to everything, you know, in your world, if you were primarily exposed to, you know, all of African-American, you know, upbringing and experiences, you would be attracted to black men because that's your been your experience. Absolutely. Um, and I, I you know, we, we joke, too, because I have a preference and yes, I'm very clear. I'm very clear. I prefer to date a black man and I open it up a man of color now. <laughs> But I think I'm going back to black men. I just did a open it up and I just went on a date with a Puerto Rican. Oh, Jesus. He was beautiful. Beautiful man. It's okay to say someone's beautiful. There were other issues going on, but there's but always issues. Man. But yeah, I I prefer to date African American uh, males, and it's interesting because <laughs> this is this is a dating story. Um, so when I first um, got divorced, I went on BlackPeopleMeet.com. Like I'm very intentional. I'm going to date a black man, so I sign up for Black. PeopleMeet.com. Yes. So everybody in my inbox was white men. <laughs> you told them you was going to be there. BlackPeopleMeet.com. Here I come. And so I was Sorry. like, okay. And so I had to question them like, okay, so I am on this online site because I only want to date black men. Why are you here? Mm. And the responses were across the board with all of the white men that was in my box. Well, we prefer to date black women. Yeah. That is why we're here. And I was like, well, it's time for me to go because I cannot be on this, this well, website. And that's, and that's where I, I think that's well, I don't that's understand that because, you know, most of the men that I date have dated people of color. I won't say just black. Um, not everyone. Some people have said, told me I was the first black boyfriend that they've had. Um, but most men who are attracted to me um, who are white tend to be attracted to people of color. And is that appropriation or appreciation? It's definitely appreciation. <laughs> and and I will say this, like I have several white males in my inbox and I am trying to be more open, but honestly, and we've talked about, it, it's hard for me to be open in today's environment. I think if we weren't experiencing what we're experiencing around race, um, I think I would be more open. And right now mm. I feel a need to protect my who I am, my being, my my experience more than anything. And I dated um, white young men in college, you know, and I remember bringing a white male home to my father and my father oh, was wow. not happy. Really? Um, and it, 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 my father was what my father really was one of those people that focus on class. Yeah. <laughs> he said, if you don't date outside your race, make sure he a doctor or a lawyer. OK, <laughs> this guy you bring it to is, is you could date a black man at the same level. You if you go, I was like, really, dad? Yeah. You know, something that you make me think about, though, is and we don't talk about it, especially now, because there's so much um, uh, work we need to do about appreciating yeah. black lives yes. that um, there is we, it, we don't call it racism, by the way, because racism isn't about I don't like your race. It's about I don't like your race, so I'm going to oppress you. Yes. But there is definitely um, anti-white sentiments in black community. Right. We don't talk about that. And I, I will be honest, like my grandfather, my granddaddy was someone who didn't trust white people. Right. And it's yeah. because it had everything to do with the way he raised. He, he grew up in Mississippi. He was picking cotton on an old plantation. And I'm certain I know that he had some really horrific experiences with him. So growing up, he owned a property in Los Angeles. He raised 16 children. He was a successful man um, who had even biracial children. And he loved my mom, by the way, and my grandmother. He loved them. But there were times we would have conversations. It was very clear that he 
still didn't trust. Yeah. I think he might have even said the whitey, right? He's like, ooh, there's a white. Oh, look, there's a whitey over there, right? <laughs> Granddaddy, <laughs> and I and and it was just and it was accepted, and it's just and I know people are going to have a challenge with that, and it's okay to have a challenge with that because I think those challenges I shouldn't be able to justify Granddaddy saying whitey and not justify um, an older white person using a derogatory term towards a black. Right? I think we have to understand why they say it. Yes, yes. I, be open to it to understand and be open and have that conversation. Oftentimes, when we are experiencing things that challenges us. We do not ask for more information. Yes. That's, so that, that's, that's right. Yeah, we don't ask for more information so that we can have a better understanding of where that person's coming from. I think that's what's going on in our country right now. We get, get to a certain point, we just stop. Mm. We don't ask for more information to kind of bridge where we are having differences at. Yes. Um, I think there was a time when that actually happened um, a lot more Um Back in the day, where it is now, we're so polarized right now. It's just a polarization in politics, polarization with regards to communities. Um, you have people who have money, people who don't, and that disparity is getting larger and larger, which, you know, when you think about America, America is the melting pot. There, America is supposed to be the hope mm, yes. of what equity looks like for all, because we are the youngest country. Um, when you talk about the, the, the super, you know, eight in the globes, so to speak. And I probably just made that up. So just <laughs> <laughs> you, you lost me on the super eight. But, and, but then again, you probably are brilliant. And I just don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm talking about you know, the countries, you know, the, 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 the national. But we are, countries. we are in the, in the relative speaking, we are a young country. Um, so, you know, we're coming up on we need to do our ups. But we also wanted to talk about Chadwick Boseman and yes. just take a moment to celebrate Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it was so shocking. He passed away recently. He did. He actually was four. 42, three, maybe 42, yeah. 43 years yeah. old. And, um, you know, he definitely left the mark. Um, he played um, the films that he got notoriety for were films in which he was cast with historical characters, just uh, like Jackie Robinson, um, Thurgood Marshall, um, James Brown. He epitomized who they were. And then he became just like our superhero in the black community with Black Panther. So, yeah, I, I, I was struck by his death, how quickly um, all of America embraced his passing and paid tribute to him. He was one of those people, and it's really unfortunate. It really makes me sad that sometimes we don't honor people while they're in our midst, that we didn't tell yes. him how important he was. I don't think we even realized it because when he was taken away so young and he he, he hid his his sickness, he, he kept it a secret to himself because he didn't want to be, um, he, he didn't want people to focus on that. Yeah, and he, he, he kept the secret from not himself, but he kept it... Um, from the, from the general, industry, from yeah, his fans. From general, from, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and so I just think it's really sad that we didn't tell him how important he was. But the moment he died, everyone's reaction was, oh, my goodness, he is one of my favorite actors. We didn't even know he was one of our favorites. He was yes. the, you said Jackie Robinson. I also think of Sidney Poitier, yes. right? He was for our generation. And to be the first black superhero that my little niece she still says wakanda forever <laughs> wakanda forever and it just touches my heart when it she does, does that. it does he definitely will be missed mm. his spirit his legacy will live on because 
he not only, you know, embodied the characters, but he lived that. And that's what came out yeah. when he passed away is the amazing work he was doing in community to help his community. Yeah. I've just like, you know, we we wanted to pay tribute to him. And and not to go to, but just a real quick, like the, the negativity that people had when he was losing weight and the things that they said yeah. about him and the hatred out there. And then to find out that he was such a loving man outside of work. Um, just... It just teaches us all to take a moment, have compassion for all people, yes. and also tell the people that you love, you love them. I love you, Daniel. I love you too, Upenda. Yes, and um, thank you, Chadwick Boseman, for the, the beautiful legacy you have um, in film and art and in this world. Absolutely. So let's talk about our ups before we leave. All it's right, been you a go great, first. It's been a great show. So <laughs> so my up is, seriously, this is, this is an up <laughs> because this past week... I actually had to go get a COVID test. Oh. So my up is CVS Pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a drive up test. And they made it so seamless for me to go and get my COVID-19 test. All right, CVS. And I got my results this morning. Guess what? What? I'm COVID-19 free. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but seriously, I want to give... Just, you know, my up is the fact that, number one, you can actually go get a free test from any CVS pharmacy. How long did that take? Did that The total time, I would say it took is between 15 and 20 minutes. But from the time you made the appointment to get So, it. yeah, I made the appointment the same, and I got an appointment the same day. What? <laughs> really? Got an appointment the same day. Um, and then once I got in line, it took probably 15, 20 minutes for me to go through the line, do the test with the pharmacy tech telling me how to get it done. And it was seamless. And I just want to say, go get your test from CVS Pharmacy. It is free and you get your results between three and five days. And oh, I am negative. Well, thank God, because <laughs> this wouldn't be cute. But no, but we knew before, before we did this, we knew. Uh, but I didn't realize that you got it the same day. Yes. That, that's amazing. Yes. So there has been progress, you know, yes. and regardless of what we say about people in power and everything, when there's progress, there's progress. Yes. And thank God, that's wonderful. Um, so go out and get your test if you need it. Don't take the test just because you, you're you curious. Like, you gotta have like, a reason. I thought I, I thought I had caught it based on some symptoms I was having, so. Yeah. So my up today <laughs> is... What is your up, I'm actually really excited for my up. It is my cousin Monet. Monet is the same age as me. Hey, Monet! I love you. Monet is a beautiful black woman. Um, actually, a uh, black Latina woman. Um, she has a black mother and a Latino father. And um, I, I just, I love you, Monet. We are the same age when we were um, kids because we're not actually blood cousins. You know how we black folk do. We got cousins all over oh, yes, the place. Yes, you my cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Monet was was actually promised to me like we were supposed to get married and so Ew. we we thought we loved each other until I found out that I was uh gay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and so we um, are not going to ever get married, Monet. You know that. I know that. Uh, but uh, Monet has a business that I want to celebrate. And her business, you can go to um, Instagram. Her Instagram handle is Essentials Lily, L I L Y. Essentials Lily. And that is her um, Instagram page. And she is selling beautiful, delicious um, uh, essential oils. And so this is one that she actually just sent to me. She made a, you rub it on your... Oh, uh, it smells delicious? so good. Can and it's a combination of, I think, Frankenfurth and um, and I think she put in... Oh, I need to get isn't me Isn't that some wonderful? Essentials from Lily. Yeah, Essentials 
Lily, and she also has a website that Ooh, is a little more challenging. To, it's a, it's um Lily's Essential and Wellness dot Life Steps eo.com we'll put that on our website yes. um but so you can get to her at ig but they're wonder i actually have this beautiful diffuser that i just bought from her company and um the the diffuser is going to um just make my house smell so delicious it the moment you hit the button you get these wonderful scents and i am feeling relaxed when i'm home already i am feeling that i am um in a spa it's a wonderful thing so go to her instagram page see Monet, her thing we are so proud of you yes. for doing this this Isn't is amazing wonderful? it is it is so that is your up and cvs pharmacy is my up and so with that we are done thank you all for listening yes. and we will see you next time be amazing <laughs>